Hi, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So today I have my friend Jacqueline on the show, and we are getting into part two of dating apps. So I'm going to let Jacqueline take it from here. This episode, we're getting into part two around dating apps and how to make them work for you. And last week, that's exciting because that's what we want to do, right? We want to make dating apps work for us. We want your relationships to become a power source. And why is that? Because I think it's Esther Perel who says, I, I, this resonates so deeply with me, is the quality of re- your relationships affect the quality of your life. Oh, my and God. That is so true. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Ooh. And if you struggle with insecure attachment, the quality of your relationships will be affected. And I don't mean that just romantically. I'm talking about your relationship to anything you have an attachment about. And so dating, dating up, is going to be part of that. And in order for those apps to work for you, an energetic shift needs to happen. And part of that, I feel like I'm having one right now. <laughs> I love the idea of an energetic shift. It Ooh. feels so good, right? It does. That's that manifesting we're talking about, right? Like that's how, and it's true, like Esther and Abraham Hicks, right? Yeah. The law of manifestation. It's really pulling yourself into a new energetic field. And how do you do that? You do that. By healing your attachment style, by regulating your nervous system, by healing attachment ruptures, right? And I'm thinking about, I thought about this story you and I just spoke a little bit about beforehand. And going back to the other episode I mentioned, I get asked, oh, does that mean I'm going to have to date someone I'm not attracted to? Ooh, not signing up for that. And I remember I used to think it meant that. And one day I had met this guy. And he was very handsome and, oh, he was so thoughtful and sweet. He would just, I remember he, he, he showed up once and he was like with a book of poetry and he was like, oh, this, this poet made me think of you. And it, and it was completely dead on when I read the poetry. It was like very romantic. And in the past, I always used the excuse, oh, you know, they're not, they're not hot enough. I want like guy that I'm really attracted to. Well, that like that energy, right? You didn't feel like because this person showed up, like literally showed up for you. Well, I was looking. The thing is, is I was always like the guys that treat you better, like they're not as cute. And I really want someone I'm very attracted to. And I see the world through beauty is a really important part of my life. And I'm very into art and anything that inspires me. And so I, I that side I really valued. But yet this guy for the first time in a long time was really good looking. Objectively, he was a very attractive person and he was still doing all these nice things. And I remember before I would go on the dates, I would feel sick to my stomach. And then I felt nothing, nothing at all. And I remember an old therapist had said to me, numbness, the feeling of nothingness is a trauma response. And that that clicked into my head. This was before I ever went to grad school for this. And I, I had enough wherewithal to know that at the time, oh, this must be some trauma. And I couldn't put it together. But it was like, and I could see it. And it took me actually years to kind of understand what that was about. And you yeah. mentioned it when you said it a moment ago about, do you remember what you said? About how the person showed up for you? Yes. And when we look at attachment style, right? It You're is, like, I'm not used to somebody showing up for me. <laughs> well, you know, I ran, I could, I, I ran with some security. And some disorganization, with which is what I grew up with, a little bit of both, right? And then I experienced some trauma in my life, which like threw me to more of the insecure side. I had to work back to getting to the secure side. But my framework for love had been set up 
with someone who I was always seeking out for. So with that, that anxious side would like run the show and be like, I need you, I need you, I need you. And that's what I needed to feel like I was in love. I couldn't recognize that at the time because I didn't have enough understanding mm. about attachment style. But so the going out, that inner guard dog or tigger, even though I knew it felt wrong when I was in the, those kind of dynamics, at the same time, it also felt like love because that was the love I was familiar with. It was the love I knew. So I felt nothing for someone who could actually give in those ways. Which, you know, they also like he, the career thing was a little like not quite where I wanted. So, of course, I wanted to focus just on that one thing. And it didn't mean that he was my person, per se. But is there even a person that's a different conversation? Or just even like but, not able to let that in. Exactly. Right? Like you numbed out your body, like, like had that trauma response of like numbing out from it that's so interesting the the inner and i've never really identified as an avoidant and one of the things i always talk about is as you heal your trauma you have to own especially if you run disorganized you have to own both sides right you have to own especially the part of you that you're suppressing and for me i remember that same therapist the language wasn't helpful i couldn't take it in that way mm -hmm. at the time but she was like oh you always have to like you i and jacqueline i keep wanting you to see like the part of you that doesn't want to be in relationship but the anxious part of you was like what are you talking about i so want to be in partnership i pine for this i think about it in my off time i wonder like why isn't it happening for me i go out there i'm willing to like date these people but like why and in that moment with this guy i was able to kind of clock it right. a little bit like oh i am suppressing that avoidant and i couldn't do anything about it at the time i was just like oh that's there i don't know what to do about it that's well, that and I think the hard part of having a trauma response in that way is that we don't know what to do with that, right? Yeah. We're in like that state of numbness. It can be called a dissociation. Yeah. It could be part of even being in freeze, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like we, we don't know what to do with that information. We just know that this is where I am. I don't know what to do from here. Thank God you were in therapy so you could start kind of parsing some of the stuff out. And like it's it such a one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just good. an interesting, no, it's all good, but it's like, it's just an interesting trauma response when it's like you're so frozen and this person is showing up for you and all you can do is freeze. It was much easier for me to work at myself when I was in the, I need you, I need you, I need you, because that was like, like the guard dog, rah, 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 like listen to me, right? And well, there's energy there too. It's like the squeaky yeah. gets the oil, gets the oil, and the right the the avoidant. I like to consider like the lone wolf. The, the lone wolf's like, all right, I'm just gonna do my thing over there. So it's quiet. Yeah. It's doing. It's away. It's the island, right? And so, how you can fix that, right? If this happens to you on a date, just just for the record. If you clock that you have that awareness around the the that the numbness is happening, go regulate your system. Don't worry about anything else because the anxiety, the anxious response, I need, I need, I need, or the numbness are really survival responses. And we are not processing our traumas, our history, if we are living in the survival responses. Those are to survive, they're covering up our authentic yeah, experience. It's like a the, protector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it is protecting and can serve us well. Mm -hmm. But in order to really process our trauma, to, to move through whatever's holding us back, we have to get to the authentic emotions beneath it. 
And you can only do that if you have a certain amount of regulation. Otherwise, your brain actually becomes too rigid and cannot allow in any new information. Right. And then that's that. And so that's like what you were talking about before is like this person showed up as somebody different from what you were used to. Right. And you weren't allowed you weren't able to allow yourself to explore something that was different. And I did try. We went on, you know, like a handful, like six dates or something like that. But I just couldn't I couldn't I wasn't I wasn't capable at the time. And years later, thank you, baby Jesus in heaven. (laughs) <laughs> when I discovered attachment style and, you know, I, and I understood things in this ding, way, ding, it, was ding, like this, ding, 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 it really ding. was the missing piece. And that's why I can speak for myself. I'm so passionate about sharing this information with you guys because it, it was, it changed everything. And, and it, you know, and we also have like so much empathy and so much compassion, not only for our own little attachment wounds, but for all of our listeners. Yeah. And so we want to give you some tips about how you can use the dating apps according to your attachment style. And with that, I want you to guys to keep in your mind's eye energetic shift, right? So noting that being conscious of the experience along the way is going to be part of the process. Oh, duh. yeah. And so let's start off with three tips for the avoidance, right? Because that, that numbness that I mentioned, that's, that's, an, that's an avoidant response, right? Shut down, feel nothing. I'm out. And so I think one thing that one tip that you did give was to regulate your nervous system or just even noticing like, oh, my gosh, I'm in this like freeze numbing response. What is that about? But I think regulating your nervous system around it is a good way to help process that. Yeah. So that awareness, awareness that the numbness is happening or ambivalence. And also it may not, and that the numbness doesn't have anything to do with this other person being very sweet and very nice and showing up for you. This might be something that has to do with a past trauma. And here's the thing. If you notice you're, you're feeling, you know, I just want to get rid of that situation or I'm feeling numb or I'm feeling ambivalent. If you go into regulating your nervous system, that's not going to lead you. And sometimes I get asked, will this lead me into poor behavior? Am, am I going to miss signs of danger? It is actually going to take you deeper into connecting with your intuition, right? Yes. And that's where it happens from. And that actually think, makes me think about another tip, which is similar. I think, it, I think what it helps you do is it helps you, it helps you just be able to distinguish like a real danger, which is yeah. like a bear running after you in, a, in the woods to something that, you know, to a garden hose that you think is a snake. And you're like, oh, that's just a garden hose, right? So you're not going to be sent into this complete dysregulation when you see a garden hose on the ground because you think of it as a snake. Like you were saying, the guard dog, you're not always on like high alert. Or uh, the the garden hose, which actually turns out to be a snake, right? You get confused, right? Because sometimes, right, our familiarity can lead us to places of danger because that's the framework of love and it's so familiar it's hard for us to be more sensitive to a red flag that someone who's more secure might like clock right away mm-hmm. and so so another thing for avoidance i think that kind of goes along with this is really challenging yourself to be uncomfortable right which can be hard because the avoidant that parasympathetic nervous system just acts like it's on steroids. So it's like, I'm so fine. I value all my alone time. I'm so good. 
And so if you see a possible red flag with someone, explore it versus run away, right? Which that's going to be an uncomfortable thing for you to explore because we can't write people off after one thing unless it's something really glaring, right? That we can all kind of universally agree on danger zone, right? People are, are nuanced. And, and I think that's the same with, you know, with setting certain types of boundaries. Like if somebody crosses a boundary, crosses a line and they do it once, that's not a reason to be like, oh, sorry, they crossed my boundary. I'm out of here. I think that's also a really good thing to have a conversation about and to be able to explore it. Because what you're doing is that you're putting yourself into an uncomfortable place and you're showing up and you're like heightening your energy around it as opposed to like shutting the person off and shutting down your energy around it. So again, we're looking for the energetic shifting. And the thing is, is ruptures, traumas, little mini traumas, some of that's going to happen in relationship. Part of what's going to give you information about whether that person is a right fit is in how they handle navigating mm -hmm. those ruptures. How do they respond when you're like, you know, that, that really, like that didn't sit right for me. That, that, that's, you know, that didn't make me feel good. That's uncomfortable for me. I, you know, I'm not okay with that. Do they railroad over your feelings? Do they dismiss you? Okay, well, that might not be a great match for you. Or do, are they willing to have the uncomfortable conversation? Explore it with you. Because also, you're probably also not going to be using the easiest, most communicative language if you're running. Avoid it. Right. right. So you're looking for exploration. And the work around the avoidant, the reason is you want the reason why you want those uncomfortable conversations is the work for the avoidant is to allow oneself a bit by bit. It's in those baby steps of, of the ability to say, OK, I can I can trust that I can open up to someone a little bit that they can show up for me. Right. And, and I think that's part yeah. of like that, like another tip we have is to overly communicate. Yes. What you would think <laughs> is an over communication. For the anxious type, it's probably just going to be, it's going to be like Regu totally normal. Right. <laughs> but right. you're going to think yeah. it's too much. Or yeah, that any communication is overly communicating because you're used to like holding those feelings, holding your feelings back, holding, you know, turning away. And so if you like turn towards and you really start to communicate, you know, then you're like speaking from a more authentic self. Place. So more is more for the more avoidant. Is more. more is more for the yes. avoidant. We want that. Yes. Yeah. And I think another thing that can help for avoidance is to get off of that texting game, right? Yeah. So it's so easy to text back and forth when you're on dating apps because you're, I don't know, you're just in that fun and flirty place. And I totally get that. But like, just have a few text exchanges and, and make, make that first make date right away. And I guess I think we like to call it a pre-date because yeah, it is not meeting, first meeting. Make that first meeting right away to see if you even like this person and you want to continue a relationship with them we know that inner avoidant within you is going to be like eh, i don't know if i really want to do this that ambivalence going to come up maybe not and what that's really about again is like right fear of the risk and what do we want we want the energetic shift okay we're trying to give that to you but you got to do the work on your side yeah so three tips for the anxious type Ooh. Mm -mm. Mm. oh poor little my poor little anxious <laughs> thing i already felt like something like leap in my chest when you started to talk about the anxious type. And I thought of like all the times where I just like put myself aside and just dated yeah. all these people that didn't treat me well. And I'm just like, I just want to be liked. And so that that I think that brings me to the first one, which is if you see a red flag, what what we want you to do is bring it up immediately. 
So it's not the, I push it away. I see this, you're out or I don't know what to, it's again, bringing it up. You're going to see how that other person responds to you. And you are going to try to look at the red flag with an, an eye of curiosity. The anxious part of us is going to either be like Tigger. Oh my gosh, I can't have this conversation. I'm so uncomfortable. It might mean that this person is going to abandon me. Or it's going to be like, I'm going to pounce on top of you because this unpredictability about what's going to happen is going to be so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I'm going to try to lock it in. And so what we want you Ooh, to do being is in to that, being in that un- curious unpredictable space. Yeah. Triggers the anxious attachment. I know. So if you so see good. the red flag, if you, it's so hard. <laughs> so if you see the red flag, we want you to bring it up immediately and explore it like through that lens of curiosity. And then it brings you to... I think just like just have fun. And that's what right? I was going to say. I was have like, are fun. you going to say it or me? Yeah. Have fun. Which I know is hard for you. Yeah. Thoughts, right? And just date, just date slash go out on a lot of meetings. Right. Just meet a lot of people and have fun with it. And and don't put all of your eggs in one basket. There is no basket. There is no basket. Right. Or all the sperm in one basket. There's no, yeah. just. It just is. And for the anxious types, the stakes can be so high when we're dating. Anxious types are looking for the depth in order to bond, right, to attach, to make them feel safe. So learning, I always say what's a, a, a crucial pillar of secure attachment for anxious types is to have the ability to experience sustained joy. And that part of us who runs anxious is like, oh, this, this isn't what I want. This isn't fun. So it goes back to accepting, right, that this isn't fun, but there's a part of this that isn't fun, right, that a lot of that is going to suck, but it's increasing the quality of my life in order to have what I really want, which will take time. And so I'm choosing to make this fun for myself, to make it light, to make it easy and do not get stuck in texting. Okay. Yeah. Don't get stuck in texting. If you see that, you can call it out. Sure. And see what that person does. But then you have to let it go, right? Keeping it light, keep it moving. Keep it light, keep it moving. And and then I would say like that kind of fills in that, that, that third part of don't think about it too hard. The anxious type really wants to figure every single thing out. So you're going to have to, again, keep it light, keep it easy. Keep it light. Yeah, I know. Especially after that first meeting. Are they going to call? Or are they not going to call? What do they mean by that? Blah, blah, blah. And then like replaying the date over and over. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have ordered this. That was so embarrassing when I spilled the marinara sauce on my white blouse, right? Just like, you know, how to get in, getting out of that rumination and just kind of keep it moving. Not the rumination, but just the dating. The rumination is a sign that the system is dysregulated. Yeah. So what we're trying to give you is a tip around how to regulate to keep it light with dating, right? Mm-hmm. You need that lightness to recover that side. That's what people who run more secure have is they have that balance of lightness with with the depth and so if you run disorganized which you know again this stuff is on right like a spectrum right some people have it extreme and some people have it less but it's that push pull and i always say if like you if you feel confused by somebody they're probably (laughs) doing disorganized behavior and so the goal if you if you're working through your that push pull within you We want you to go at a steady pace, right? So versus all in, all out, right? Because that's disorganized behavior. Can you keep it nice and steady? And that's going to be hard to tolerate if you run disorganized. And that's the work. As well as, I think, not acting on whims. 
Mm-hmm. Let's spend the weekend together. Oh my God, now I don't know what to do. I can't hear from this person. Let's keep spending time. Now I'm sick of that person, right? Like that love bomber, right? Disorganized is a disorganized style. So you want to, if you're also dating someone you think might be that, is keep that boundary for yourself, that steadiness, not acting on the whims of the other person too. Does this feel attuned and aligned with myself? I love that you bring it back to like what it feels like in the body. Like, does this feel attuned and aligned for myself? Because I think that the body is like such an important measurement of what's going on with the other person. And we don't, we don't don't realize, we don't listen to it. We don't realize that. Yes, this is not woo woo stuff. We can tap into each other's energy. And I loved how, when you said, because I've, I had an example of this come up just last week about this person was like, oh my God, I don't know. I'm feeling crazy in this relationship. And I said, hey, because I'm a therapist, I can't diagnose your partner, but sounds like that person is disorganized. And so, and if that person is disorganized, this is what it's going to feel like for you. And I kind of gave some education around it. And it's so interesting because I could even feel as this person was telling me the story, like that I was being pulled in, pulled out. And it felt like it totally felt like crazy making to me. And I was like, whoa, that's so interesting. If I'm feeling crazy, what is the other person feeling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, is the body really does keep the score. Is, it, is that Bessel van der Kroeger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful book out there for you guys. The body keeps the score. Is that, you know, part of our work to go back to that security is to have the ability. And it's one of the biggest things you can do around attachment repair is that connection to the body, because the body needs to learn that that in essence, it's safe to trust itself. Mm -hmm. It's that that it's safe that you are going to trust and listen to whatever's going on inside you and give it what it needs. It's in the act of it doesn't mean you always are able to meet the need, but the act of. And so with that disorganized style, because you have the push-pull, this is like, I'm going to say this, the final tip. (laughs) Final tip. There's always both sides. The part of us that like, let's say, wants the relationship as well as the part of us that says, I don't want this. I'm scared or, or I feel ambivalent about it. And the solution is in accepting both sides. So how you're going to navigate that is to A, be aware that there's a side of me that wants this. And then there's a side of me that doesn't. And whichever side you're leading with, if it's the I want the relationship, I want you to work as well on how can I connect to that part of me that says this is terrifying or I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And living in acceptance of both of those, while it seems like, no, they'll just end up stuck, it will actually open you up to feel that sense of safety because that's what that's really about, that it's too scary or too overwhelming to to have closeness and so what we try to do is like push away the side that's like the the fly that just like won't go away and it doesn't work because it comes back up because that other side also really needs to be heard yeah you have to accept both parts Mm -hmm. and i love that and then so if you're more leading towards like no thank you even though the sanctious side is like yes 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 it's also like all right like can we explore the yes of this relationship and see what happens and so it's a balance and we don't want to, you know, it can feel like this and we're trying to get it more, it can feel very seesawing and we're trying to get it more into like an even kind of balance of exploration. Exactly. Even balance. I love that. Mm-hmm. The balance. And I love that you brought up the body keeps the score because it just reminded me of like your nausea, like you're feeling the nausea mm-hmm. and there was some, there's like, okay, what's going on with you that you're feeling the nausea? So again, We want to encourage our listeners to listen to their bodies. 
there's a, a saying when it's when it's hysterical, it's historical. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so if you're noticing a large response in yourself in either direction, that's a good indicator that it's historical, that it has to do with your past versus the current experience. Now, that doesn't mean you should stay in the current experience or, or leave. It just means the large response is not so much about the person there. And again, we want to pull you out of the larger responses because then you're able to process what's really happening. And I do think dating apps has pushed people into further the whatever your insecure attachment style was oh, or yeah. that part of you that has it's it like, it's kind of pushed people further there right yes so your work is going to be to get back to that secure side in order to have a different experience and i feel like we just i just want to throw out these like last two or maybe yeah very, like no, what is practical it? so meeting people in real life is also an option and we have to remember that dating apps are an option not the only thing and that involves having the ability to hold eye contact, to flirt, to play, and don't get that up, right? That will affect and inform how you handle dating apps. And that also affects how you shift yourself energetically because, I mean, there's nothing more fun. I mean, yes, there are more fun things, but I find it super Everybody fun to talk to, <laughs> to talk to strangers. I, I don't know. I just get like, especially nowadays that everybody's in their phone. When I have a conversation with a stranger, it just like makes my day so much better. One of the proven things that works that's necessary in secure attachment is to have community. And so when I heard you say that around talking to strangers or finding your network of people or even the coffee shop person or just like being in that feels like you're in more community with the world. Mm -hmm. And insecurely attached part of ourselves usually feels alone. And it's, if you run anxious rates, looking for connection with others, or if you run avoidant, is more shut down. But both of those have that root of aloneness. And so we've got to lean into connection in order to have a different experience. Yeah. So did you want to talk about anything else around the dating apps? I mean, we have had this conversation real quick. Like the, the actual yeah. reality about the dating apps is, as opposed to, to all the other realities <laughs> yeah. that we're talking about. You might have to about. pay for a you, higher quality of people you on whatever have, app you're on. Yes, yes. Studies have shown, the algorithm has shown that if you are paying money into a dating app, you are going to get people who match better with you. It kind of right, it can weed through the the fake profiles and the things yeah. like that and i know there's like a stigma right like i don't want to pay for this app or whatever but you know i just have to say i'm thinking about somebody off the top of my head who paid for unhinge like that you know be more like a supercharge or something yes. and she did it a few times and actually she met her partner unhinge and i'm pretty sure they're gonna get married yay so. happy ending and that's what she wants so it's, it's yeah. and i think the part about paying is like okay we're not gonna we're this is not a five-year membership right think about it as like a very temporary thing like it sounds like your friend was you know like okay i'm just gonna do this for a few times and see what happens and if you know nothing happens nothing happens it sounds like she had a happy ending which is amazing so i wouldn't get into like, oh, and I'm, you know, I paid for all of this and I'm keeping paying into. And I love what Jacqueline was saying about taking breaks, right? You can take a break from the apps. It doesn't have to be all in or all out. Yeah. Pauses, mm -hmm. right? Just like we need pauses in life. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that the, as the attestament, there, there is an app that I paid for. And on that app, actually, I met like good community. Like the, those people I went out with, like I'm still friendly with, even if it, right. even though it didn't work out. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Let us know if you have any questions. We love to answer them. Yes. And until then, happy dating. Yeah. So if you do have any questions, you can DM me at Mary B Therapy on Instagram or reach out to me on my website, marybtherapy.com.